You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. Northeast America. Years ago, this is where Christianity thrived. This was the launching pad for the name and fame of Jesus across our nation where the gospel saturated homes, schools, and neighborhoods. But that is no longer reality. Today, this is the most unchurched, unreached, post-Christian corner of our nation. However, where we see obstacles, God sees opportunities. Jesus is the great I am, not the great I was. Stories from the Bible are not just past memories, they are present possibilities. In Acts 19.10, it says that all of Asia heard the gospel through Paul's work in Ephesus. And the same God that did that back in the day is the same God that wants to do it again today. And that's why we're starting the Northeast Collaborative. Here at Berean Bible, we've seen over 400 people go public with their faith in baptism in the last 10 years. And as exciting as that is, we want to see all of Northeast America reach for Jesus. And one church alone won't do that. And that's why we are so excited to partner with NEC to lead and launch healthy churches together. The Northeast Collaborative is a new resourcing church network that empowers pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. Our enemy loves to isolate leaders and create gaps between great resources and the ministry realities on the front lines. We can guide church leaders in their journey to overcome isolation and connect the dots for the resources they need to lead and launch healthy churches. If you're leading a church in Northeast America, we're here for you. Ministry is messy, and I've seen the ugly side of unhealthy churches. We will do everything we can to help you make dents in the darkness of your region. It's great to work with leaders who have a vision bigger than themselves. NEC isn't just about NEC. The Northeast Collaborative exists to serve the church, especially its leaders. Dave Harvey says, when we partner, we flourish in the things that truly matter. That makes collaboration critical to health. This team is committed to healthy, strategic collaboration so that lives will be changed for Jesus. Here's our strategic plan to make dents in the darkness. If you're leading or part of a healthy church in Northeast America, we'd love to offer our reproducing partnership for member churches. If you're leading or part of a struggling church in Northeast America, we'd love to offer our revitalizing partnership. If you're passionate about reaching Northeast America for Jesus, we'd love to have you join us as resourcing partners on our prayer team, fueling us financially, sending missions teams, and sharing your expertise. The opportunities are right in front of us. Let's do this together.
right. Good morning, Grace Bible Church. It is an honor to be with you this morning, and I want to just introduce my family to you briefly, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what God is doing in this corner of our nation. So so I'll show you this picture of my wife and our sons. Uh, This is my wife, Joy, and uh, our two sons, Landon and Declan. So Joy and I have been married for seven years, and we have a five-year-old that you see there named Landon, and our almost one-year-old son named Declan. Now, uh, our oldest son, Landon, has gone through three open-heart surgeries already, and I could spend hours this morning talking about all that we've learned through his journey, but suffice it to say, God has proved everything we were just singing with the worship team. By the way, can we thank the worship team for all their hard work? Those songs that we were singing aren't just songs that we sing on a Sunday. They're true Monday through Saturday as well. That God is faithful in the middle of the storm, and he is worth our trust and devotion. And so as we walk through that journey with Landon, we found God to be faithful, and he is doing really well. We're so grateful for that. Uh, We don't deserve that, but God gives us far more than we deserve. Uh, I want to share with you a, a very short verse out of Scripture, and one of the things I found in my short journey as a follower of Jesus so far, I say short, I came to Christ very young in life, and I'm 32, I'm, I'm over the hill now, okay, just over the hill, and uh, so I've been following Jesus for over two decades now, and the longer that I grow as a Christian, the more I find that some of the most powerful verses in Scripture can be the shortest verses in Scripture. Have you ever noticed that? Like, for instance, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Have you ever thought about how incredibly powerful that is? About how God became man and how God enters our mess with us? I mean, we could talk for hours about that, right? Well, let me show you another very short verse that is incredibly powerful. This went on. What's this? The church planting of the church in ancient Ephesus That church plant, that journey went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Now, if you're just casually reading Acts 19, as many of us do, you might not miss how powerful that is. Think about it. One church, one church was able to influence the entire province of Asia. Guys, I don't know about you, but I believe that Jesus is still the great I am, not the great I was. And sometimes we look at stories like that in the Bible and we go, wow, that's so awesome that God did that way back in the day. But, I mean, Dan, did you know about COVID? Like, do you know about this thing that we're going through? Do you know about the political circus going on? Do you know about all the racial tensions? I mean, look at all the obstacles we have. Well, let's think about the Church of Jesus Christ historically. Let's think about the Church of Jesus Christ internationally. The church has always flourished in the toughest times. And we forget that, don't we? And I don't want us to miss the power of this verse. One church was able to influence an entire continent. What could God do today through just one healthy church? Well, I'm glad you asked. You guys ask really good questions here in in Dunmark. Let me tell you a little bit of my ministry journey for those of you who aren't familiar, and then we're going to talk about why Northeast Collaborative 
has come into existence. So this was the church planning launch team for Restored Church in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. And as soon as I show you this picture, I show this picture often, and I know probably in the back of your head you're thinking, who gave four 12-year-olds permission to go start a church? Seriously. Uh, well, I can tell you, we, we weren't 12. Uh, we were in our young 20s. We did not know a whole lot, but we loved Jesus, and we wanted everyone we met to come and find hope in him. So we moved into these row houses right across from King's College Gymnasium in a section called Myers Court. And we didn't know it at the time, but right through these walls, our neighbors included two Megan's Law sex offenders, a Wiccan witch, a heroin dealer, a young lady who slept under the bridge with different boyfriends that she would bring to the small group that we started. And there was also a prostitute who lived next door. And all we did was we started a study. We opened up our row house for an hour of a meal and then an hour of a walk through Colossians, verse by verse. And God took that small little study on Thursday nights, and pretty soon we were running out of food, we were running out of seats, we were just bringing everyone we could from that neighborhood into the house. And you'll notice a couple friends there, Bruce and Robin Walton. Uh, they helped us get Restored Church started, and man, their impact uh, in the lives of the people we were serving was so powerful, and that is an extension of your church's ministry as well. Well, after a year and a half, we rented this cathedral for $150 a month. Can you believe that? $150 a month. Now, after this grand opening, the rent went way up, but we had a great landlord. Gina was phenomenal. But man, God brought so many people to our grand opening, and we were able to launch large and see God change lives. And then after time, God gifted us this property, a church building, a seven-bedroom house, and a parking lot for $100,000. Isn't that insane? And yeah, you can clap for that. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Not only was the price tag $100,000, there were some people who felt that God was calling them to get behind us, and through a grant, through the Luzerne Foundation, we were able to purchase that entire property debt-free. Now, we need to clap for that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty incredible. But you see, I, I hope that this story, like we tell everyone, the story of what God has done through Restored Church says very little about anyone on our team. And we have a great team. I'm so thankful for the team that God used. But you know what? It says a very little about us. And it says a whole lot about a very real God who is moving and active and alive. And COVID is never going to stop the advance of the gospel here to the nations. And And... Yeah, you can clap for that too. Go for it. So Restored Church currently is meeting in different forms. Uh, for all various reasons, we are doing micro-gatherings. And right now, there are 20 micro-gatherings all across Luzerne County meeting. And people are learning about Jesus. And I'm going to tell you a really cool story about my friend Tyler. Uh, I, I, won't, I won't spoil it just now, but at the end, when I'm done, I'm going to tell you about Tyler and how God has worked in his life. But you know what? I believe the story of Restored Church is something that needs to be replicated, not because we did it, but because God is powerful. And I believe that we need to team together because when God looks down on not just Northeast Pennsylvania, but when he looks down on Northeast America, he doesn't just see one church. He, see, or he doesn't just see all of the different divisions we've put between ourselves. He sees his kids. He sees those that belong to him and we actually are on the same team. If you're not sure about that, you can check out Ephesians 4 and read that for yourself. 
So what did I do? Uh, how does this interact with my story? I turned Restored over to Tim three years ago, and that was the plan ever since we were in a dorm room together. And uh, I've been with a mission agency called ABWE International, and so that was the plan from all along. And uh, I, we had planted through a ministry of Baptist Bible Seminary called Project Jerusalem. Many of you are familiar with this ministry. You know, Stacy Shaw has played an unbelievable role in that ministry for years. And man, this ministry did some amazing things. Ten churches were birthed through this ministry, and I'm so thankful for it. And Dr. Ken Davis led that ministry, and he passed the baton of leadership on to me. And instead of continuing that ministry as it was, we became our own ministry, and we still partner with Clark Summit University, but we are separate from Clark Summit University. And we, we started to think about this region of the country, from Pennsylvania and New Jersey, uh, you may not, all the way up to Maine, you may not know this yet, but this is the most unreached, unchurched, post-Christian corner of the nation. And if you're wondering what post-Christian means, there's a lot of different definitions. My favorite, it comes from a missiologist out of Australia. He says post-Christian is wanting the kingdom without the king. Now, I shouldn't go off on this because I, I know our time is limited, but there's a whole lot there. If you're wondering what's really going on in our nation today, you want to know what's really going on? We want the kingdom and the benefits and the fruit and the good things we know come from the kingdom without the authority of the king. The problem is it doesn't work like that. People don't know that. That's why the Northeast Collaborative exists. So just to give you some more context, uh, in Kentucky, for example, there is one church for every 788 people, okay? Now, you may say, well, that's, that's still pretty rough, Dan. I mean, 788 people, one church, that's, that's not good. Well, if you look at Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, we're talking one church for every 8,000 people, 8,400 people, 6,000 people. I mean, it's a completely different world from Pennsylvania, New Jersey on up to Maine. And uh, recent research from Barna, even just coming out last year, right before COVID, shows that eight of the ten most post-Christian cities are right here in our own backyard. Only 4% of New Englanders go to an evangelical church. And I know that term has been hijacked by a lot of politics and stuff. It used to mean people who come to faith uh, in Jesus and believe that his perfect life, death, and resurrection is the only way to God. Uh, the top five states that have the lowest belief in God are in Northeast America. Uh, five out of the top six for worst church attendance and 20 out of the top 30 least Bible-minded cities are right here. Do you know what this means? Like stats can be overwhelming sometimes. And, you know, honestly, in 2020, haven't we had enough of stats? <laughs> We've had way too many stats. Um, here's what it means. We live in one of the greatest mission fields on this planet. China would be number one, India would be number two, but North America in general, globally, would be the third largest mission field with the greatest spiritual needs. Do you know what that means? We are not called to be comfortable. We are not called to sit back and say, how can I enjoy the comforts of religious tradition what we are called to do is be exactly who we are when we come to Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are ambassadors. 
If you are a follower of Jesus today, if you're not, we're so glad that you're here. If you're watching online, we hope that you find and follow Jesus as this church's mission is. But man, if you're a follower of Jesus, guess what? It's not a question of if you're an ambassador. It's a question of are you a poor ambassador or an excellent ambassador for Jesus? And the opportunities are endless. And so the Northeast Collaborative has been birthed. I just want to tell you a little bit about why we're doing what we're doing and uh, want to uh, bring you into that conversation because as a church, your leadership wants to uh, team up with us. And so that's part of why I'm here today to say, come on this journey with us. Come on this journey to reach the most unreached corner of our nation together. What we are is we're a resourcing church network. We resource churches, especially leaders. We empower pastors to both lead and launch. Project Jerusalem was an incredible ministry out of the seminary, but Project Jerusalem only focused on launching new churches. What we've found is for Northeast America to be reached, we can't just start new ones. We have to help establish churches get healthier. And I believe we need to do both of those in tandem. And ultimately, now, uh, you probably have noticed this about me already, I love to think at the 30,000-foot level, And I love asking what-if questions. What if there was a healthy church in every town of Northeast America? What if Acts chapter 19 verse 10 wasn't just history that we say was great back in the day, but what if we saw that happen again today? I think the only way forward in that is that we start teaming up together and acting like we're part of the same family and part of the same team. And so when we collaborate, as Dave Harvey says, we flourish in the things that truly matter. So some of you are like, all right, Dan, that's, that's great. That's cool. Uh, good ideas. You stand on that stage. But, I mean, we live in the real world. How are we actually going to do this? I'm so glad you asked. You guys seriously ask really good questions. Our plan is to empower pastors to run their race. Because ministry is a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, I don't say this to you to, to scare you, but I do want you to know the reality is research has been done through this COVID season, and they're, they're guesstimating that around 20%, hopefully it will not be 20%, but potentially one in every five pastors will not be a pastor once this COVID the height of the COVID pandemic has calmed down. There's a lot of reasons for that. Some of them are financial. Some of them are spiritual health. There's a lot of of things factoring into that. But one of the things that has been crazy about this year is that as we launched NEC before COVID, we obviously did not know that COVID was going to happen. And then as soon as it happened, bang, the needs to support and empower leaders of the church, especially in this corner of the nation, have been immense. And so what we do is we resource We provide accountability, we give conferences and training, and strategic encouragement. Uh, Encouragement is something that I'm doing a lot of study and work on, and it's something that we we lack a lot, especially in 2020 when we love tearing each other down far more than we love building each other up. That's a story for another day. Now, when we say that we empower pastors to lead and launch healthy churches, it's very important that we define what is a healthy church, and I, I need you to help me. Can you help me define what a healthy church is today? Can you? You're, like, not sure about it. All right, so here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have you stand, all right? Go ahead and stand, and we're going to do a little bit of dancing. That's right. Now, don't worry. We're going to remain socially distant, except with whoever you're sitting next to, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your hands, go like this, put them up. Awesome. So, 
A healthy church, first of all, you have to know. There's got to be a healthy core of theology. So take your fingers, point to your head, say no. Then there's got to be missional action. We call that evangelism, representing Jesus to people far from God. That's show. Take your hands, go like this. Show. Some of you, most of you are with me. Some of you are like, yeah, just try. All right. Now, then we've got to grow, okay? We've got to become mature in discipleship and that process of becoming more like Jesus. So then we got to grow. That's right. We're getting some exercise in. This is good. You're like, we're still not dancing. Don't worry. It's coming. Um, but then we've got to flow. There's got to be effective systems or organizations. So that's where we flow. All right. Come on. Get with it. You can move a little bit. Yeah, there we go. We're still not dancing yet. It's coming. So after we flow, we sow. We got to be generous. Yeah. Oh, come on. Move those hips. You got it. <laughs> All right. So here we go. A healthy church. First, we got, we got to know. Then we got to show. Then we got to grow. Then we got to flow. And then we got to sow. Yeah. Awesome. All right. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. Oh. Your pastors are ruining the day that they asked me to come. They're like, what just happened here? <laughs> and they have to smile as everyone looks. Okay. So <laughs> here's what we believe. A lot of groups out there, and there are a lot of incredible organizations out there, but what I found is a lot of organizations will only focus on an aspect or two of what health is. What we're aiming for is what we call holistic health. We believe a healthy church is a worshiping community, and uh, your pastors actually helped us shape this definition, which is a really awesome thing. A worshiping community that's rooted in the good news of Jesus, biblical authority, and the Spirit's power that guides believers to obey Jesus together by passionately reaching people far from God, maturing them in the faith, mobilizing leaders, and organizing effective systems that fuel intentional multiplication. This is what a healthy church is. And I'm sure as you're looking at it, you're going, oh man, okay, uh, this area we could use some work, or maybe this area we need to beef up. Well, guess what? This is why Northeast Collaborative exists. There are no perfect churches. The only rule at our church, Restore Church, is no perfect people allowed, <laughs> and also no perfect pastors allowed, too. But on top of that, we understand there are no perfect churches. But as long as we head in the same direction and we try to become healthier together, God can do incredible things. So strategically, we've brought some really awesome things to the table. Right before COVID, we had this training in Pennsylvania. We teamed up with our friends at the 95 Network and worked through uh, five engines of health and growth in this training in PA and in this training in New York. And we had 115 pastors and leaders come out and receive some incredible training. Uh, we've done weekly processing times with tons of pastors from multiple states. And, you know, I knew at the beginning of COVID that pastors were going to be inundated with a whole lot of information. And this season has been incredibly overwhelming for pastors. So in the midst of this, instead of giving them more info, what we've typically done is we've just invited pastors once a week to come in and process together. Process what they're going through, what they're working through, and find help and encouragement in that processing time. Coming up on October 17th with our friends at Waymart Church, we're going to have a roundtable experience, and we would love you to be a part of it. On October 17th, it's on a Saturday, 1 to 5 p.m., we're going to talk about how we can expand our relational circles 
and influence those in the church and outside the church who are different than us. And hopefully this year, we've all been on a journey to learn how we can engage and love people who are different than us better. We're going to talk more about that at our roundtable on October 17th. Next year, we weren't able to do this this year because of COVID, but next year at Berean Bible in Binghamton, we're having a, an annual conference called the Northeast Leadership Summit. And this is not just for people who have titles or positions. This is for any committed follower of Jesus who wants to influence more people and learn how to navigate change well. And we're bringing in some phenomenal speakers, but we also have some interactive things planned for that so that we can learn how to navigate change. That will be next year in April. If you'd like to hear more about what we're doing, we have a podcast called Dense in the Darkness, and we have 14 episodes that we have done, and we're going to continue this podcast to give churches and leaders the resources that they need, and then uh, some more wins. Right as soon as COVID hit, God blessed us with a $63,000 matching grant. Isn't that awesome? And God has provided, and we have hit the $7,000 per month that we needed to raise all the way up until October. So from October through December, we're still on this journey to raise $21,000 that will be matched with another $21,000. And it's unbelievable. As I told you, God's calling is God's enabling. And when we take steps of faith that he is directing, It's incredible how he comes through. We have a pastor's retreat next week, and can you believe it? Even in the middle of COVID, we have 43 pastors and their wives coming out to Spruce Lake Retreat, which, by the way, how many of you have been to Spruce Lake Retreat before? Some of you? Okay. So you know that hotel that they built, right? That phenomenal hotel? I prayed to God right before NEC started. I said, God, please let that be the location for our retreat. And I prayed for that very specifically. And you know what? The, the program director, a phenomenal guy named Randy, came out to our launch party. He heard the vision. The very next day, he emailed me and he said, Dan, what do you need? We'll do anything. And I said, want that hotel. And so Spruce Lake has been so gracious and so generous. And that's where our very first Pastors and Wives Retreat is. And you know what? We have leaders who are coming who have gone through incredibly challenging circumstances, incredibly difficult stuff, and we have mentor couples that are going to come and be there and help them process so that they can stay healthy. Uh, I told you about the roundtable, the processing times, and thank God we currently have 16 member churches and 11 resourcing churches, so all total we have 28 churches uh, invested in the direction of NEC. And so the partnership levels, as I mentioned in the video, we have member churches, which is reproducing. We have resourcing partners, churches that give money, but they don't uh, come into the regular rhythms of what we do uh, with the member churches. We have revitalizing partners, which are churches that are struggling and want to come back to health. And uh, one of those churches is here locally, and we're doing a lot of strategic things with strategic planning, evangelism training, and uh, strategic encouragement with their team Uh, consulting stuff with them to get healthier. And then finally, regional impact partners are our hub churches so that this can scale out. Because when you think of nine states, it's going to be very important to scale that out with hub churches who own the mission and the vision in a geographic region. And so that's our plan for scale. But, you know, those are a lot of details. Those are a lot. That's a lot of information. I want to finish by just sharing with you one story of how this works in real time. You know, it's, it's one thing to think at a thousand foot level view. It's another to think at a 30 foot view. 
And you know, I believe that God does the most powerful things when we engage in small steps of obedience that to us may not seem that big, but to God seem incredibly big. And you know, as I'm leading this, God's called me to lead this network. It is intimidating, it's scary, but one of the things that I have prayed will be true as we go on this journey is that I won't just stand on stages and tell people about things or tell people to do things that I'm not doing myself. So I want to tell you about my friend Tyler. My friend Tyler and I met just about two months ago. And uh, we actually met in one of the micro-gatherings I was telling you about. So my wife, Joy, and I are still members at Restored Church, and we attended a micro-gathering, and I found that Tyler is going through a recovery program. And, you know, the small step of obedience for me was simply asking a question. And do you know what that question was? Would you like to grab coffee? Would you like to go and spend some time getting coffee. We actually ended up going to breakfast. And at breakfast, I was able to share with Tyler why I am not just a pastor or a missionary or went to a Bible college, none of that stuff. I just shared with him why I, as Dan, follow Jesus and have given my life to Jesus, and I would be following Jesus no matter what I did for a living. I walked him through the good news of Jesus, and do you know what he said to me? He said, Dan, I have never heard that before in my entire life. And he grew up in Pittsburgh. Did you know that all around us, wherever you are working, wherever you're studying, wherever you are living, there are people who have never heard the good news of Jesus. And just a few weeks ago, I got this text from Tyler, and he told me that he wanted to give his life to Jesus He recognized that he was spiritually bankrupt without of what Jesus has accomplished for him. And now he is growing in his faith. And we're actually talking about steps of obedience, not to earn God's favor, but because of what God has already done for him at the cross. And I got to tell you, there is nothing more exciting than introducing someone to Jesus and helping them obey in the Spirit's power. My question to you this morning is, I mean, you may hear this stuff from NEC and be like, man, this is great, and I hope our church gets behind it corporately. But what I'm inviting you to do is think through, who is my Tyler? Who's my Tyler? Who is in my sphere of influence where I live, work, and play who just needs me to ask A good question. Could we spend some time together? Or maybe they have a different perspective than you do on who should be in the White House, on how we should respond to racial tensions, on on the, the COVID pandemic, and maybe you need to just ask them, why do you believe what you believe? I'd love to engage with you about why you believe what you believe and not just Be upset because you believe what you believe. I believe that this year is the year where the church of Jesus Christ is ready to stand up and say, we are going to charge the gates of hell one small step of obedience at a time, one act of love at a time. And I believe if that happens, we are going to see more Tylers. We are going to see more Grace Bibles. We are going to see a move of God like this nation has not seen in hundreds of years if we're willing to step up to the plate and be who God 
wants us to be. Let me pray. God, you are good and you are faithful. And right now, I believe your spirit is moving in our hearts and lives and you are calling us to some scary stuff. You are calling us to get uncomfortable because your son was willing to become extraordinarily uncomfortable at the cross. God, wherever you are wanting us to step out in faith this week, I pray that we would respond with humble faith. Thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com.